Hey, welcome to the Not Quite Compassion podcast. This is episode number five, titled Hero. Before we jump into it, I just want to say a quick thank you to those that are listening. Um, I know that sounds super cliche, but I just, I wanted to, like, I thank you. Like, it's um, just that you would take the time and you can listen to a lot of different things and that you'd listen to this and the feedback I've gotten has been really encouraging. And um, so thanks. And, and for those of you that have shared this with other people, like that you would trust me with your friends and stuff. I, I, I take that really seriously. And um, thank you for doing all that. It, it really does mean a lot to me. So, um, all right, let's get into things. Um, this is episode number five, Hero. Let's get a little... It's going to be a little sassier than normal because um, I got blocked on Facebook recently, <laughs> like this week, by this guy. Let's call him. He, I used to work with him. His, let's call him Jerry. Uh, and Jerry posted on his Facebook this uh, these nice pictures of him in Nairobi, Kenya. And um, and it's it's him. He's he's a white guy, a couple of white friends. And then he's like surrounded with all these black kids. And uh, the, the title is uh, Visiting Friends in Kaibura Slums and uh, shows him smiling with, you know, white guy with a bunch of black people around him. And then I asked the simple question, do they think their home is a slum? To which he unfriended me and blocked me within five minutes of me posting that. From Kenya, I think, which is that's that's impressive in its own right <laughs> that he's on top of it. <laughs> but but um, it, it's it was an honest question. I think it's a fair question. Like I, I maybe they do refer to their homes as slums. I don't know. I haven't been there, you know. But like if they don't, maybe you shouldn't refer. And, and if 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 they if they don't, and you're calling them slums, does that mean you're going slumming? You know. And I guess what it. Well, his his response clearly gave me the answer, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> a bit of a glass house, but because uh, I think it was a fair question. Anywho, it brings up a bigger point, and I don't want to get lost in the weeds too much. <laughs> but but it's just your typical kind of hero complex, white messiah. We're coming in to fix the problem, and it's this form of like poverty tourism. You should totally look on Instagram for um, Barbie Savior. Barbie Savior. And it has so many satirical um, Instagram posts of like white Barbie with all these black poor people in other countries that she's like taking selfies with. And it's like so cringeworthy, but so revealing of this like Messiah poverty tourism, incessant need to be the hero. Where we assume we know how to help and we come in to save the day. It's very prescriptive. It's about charity where we expect to give but not to expect to receive. It's an unfair relationship. It's not advocacy. And frankly, it's a form of exploitation. It's well-meaning. And believe me, I've, had, I've taken those pictures myself back in the day. I actually think it's necessary to get to compassion. Unfortunately, I don't know there's another road to compassion otherwise, but you have to go through charity to get there. But it is a form of exploitation. And, and I deal with this in my own life, too, still this day. Like I, I, I like to be at the party. And when someone asks me what I do, I could tell them I work for some nonprofit that helps homeless people. And then they automatically think I'm the most compassionate guy at the party. 
And that's uh, that haunts me, you know, that there's this sense of commodification of the poor in order to prop myself up. And that's ultimately what this episode's about is in our desire to be the hero, we prop up ourselves on someone else's poverty. Um, it's a form of Gnosticism, really. That's the roots of it. Uh, Gnosticism is this idea, it's oversimplification by far, but this idea that Jesus wasn't fully human. He only appeared to be human because flesh and spirit could never be together. So like God is holy, 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 and we're super, super sinful. So like the holy can never touch the sinful and it has to be separated but Jesus kind of flies in the face of that, right? Well, you know, even look at Jesus. You just go to Genesis 3. Like when Adam and Eve sin, they don't separate from God. God comes running towards them. If anything, sin brings them closer to God. Because <laughs> they hide and God comes running. Shame separates us. Sin does not. That's a whole other episode, though. But it's a form of Gnosticism where there's a separation between flesh and spirit. Um, the secular and the sacred, right? We have secular music and we have um, spirit 105.3, fun for the whole family, like these divisions that occur, right? And this is the good side. This is the black hats and white hats. Um, this is why we can think, Christians can think of immigrants, as uh, Trump put it, an infestation into our country and then later on, this in a couple months, they can go off to a summer mission trip and help build houses and care for people and take Instagram photos. You know, it's it's a, it's this weird dualism, right? Where it's like, oh, we'll help as long as you don't come to us. We come to you. Hero complex s- separation occurring. Ultimately, we're propping ourselves up on someone else's poverty. We even see this in the nature of evangelism itself too. Uh, my friend Tony Chris puts it way better than I will, but. We, we act as if we, we're the owners of this information, and this information is what helps people, and it's called the good news, and it saves you so you don't go to hell. But we have it. You don't, right? You don't have anything to offer. You're bad. We're good. Here it is. Aren't, you, aren't we helpful? Here's our form of benevolence, right? There's, there's no mutual exchange, and we're the bestowers of this, of this thing that we have that can save you. There, it's, it's, it's inherently arrogant, because we're always the one with something, right? We define ourselves by what we have, and we define others by what they lack. And that's what's the problematic about this hero complex, this white savior, this sense of like um, Gnosticism. So let's turn it redemptive because this is this got a little a little jaded, right? <laughs> so because where, where do we go from here, right? Because it's like should we just not help people then because we don't want to be a hero? I get it, right? I I force us to. It shouldn't be something that paralyzes us, right? Like we should move towards compassion, not away from it. So um, I have a friend. Her name is Michaela, and uh, she's had a really significant impact on my life. She uh, a few years ago headed off. Um, to help with the um, refugee um, epidemic, well, that's the wrong word for it, uh, the refugee crisis um, in Syria, and she was been overseas. She's came back down to Seattle for a little bit, uh, but I remember when she's heading off to go do that, I was like, "Man, Michaela, you're just like such a hero to me," and she like <laughs> got offended right away. And she's not the first person that's been offended when I've called them a hero. It's like they they didn't. They just it didn't register. They didn't want anything to do with it, and I and I and I noticed that the people I admired the most 
that were doing works of compassion did not want their common characteristic is they all did not want to be referred to as a hero. And at first, um, I potted off as like, oh, they're just super humble and uh, they want me to see the other person as a hero because the people that they're helping, like refugees being resettled, they've been through far more than Mikhail ever has. And that's true. Um, and so they um, so they're the real heroes. Right. That's the kind of this 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 uh, rhetoric we hear sometimes in, in these kinds of circles. But it's I think it's more than that. And to be quite fair, I'm scratching the surface of it. I think she was getting at something deeper. Um, That's why it didn't even register as a concept for her that she's a hero or my other friends I really admire would bristle against that idea too. Um, In the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount and Sermon on the Plain that Jesus gives, um, which is, I've studied it this last couple of weeks um, in in doctoral studies and and uh, man, I got to just tell you that that sermon that Jesus gives, it, it saved Jesus for me. Like it has been so refreshing and I'll come back around to it again, uh, another episode, I'm sure. But Jesus starts off by saying, blessed are the poor. And w- which is like profound, right? Like normally it's like the spiritually filled are like the blessed ones, right? We have a spirit filled church or you got to be full with the spirit and, and it's like, no, Blessed are the poor, the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor. And it's like in our inadequacies, in our insufficiencies, in our poverty, that's that's where we are blessed. And it's not like that we take this vow of poverty that some have done throughout church history to kind of like force ourselves to experience this blessing. I think what Michaela was getting at was in her her decision to care and move in compassion towards people who are in need of help, she recognized her own poverty, her own weakness, her own fragility, her own humanity through them. And, and I think that's the crucial part is you only discover this how the poor are blessed through the poor. And it's through that, that you recognize your own poverty. And then you too become blessed in some ways. It's like, um, instead of coming in to just assume we know how to help and that we're Mr. Fix it, we're coming to save the day that we come in with this this shared mutual sense of humanity that seeks to just be with people, which that's the very meaning of the word blessed in the Beatitudes in the first place. It's not like blessed, like everything's going to be hunky-dory. It's blessed in the most basic sense that God is with you, that God is with the poor. Um. That's what how Jesus first is announced as Emmanuel, God with us. That there is no separation between secular and sacred or um, flesh and spirit, but like the word became flesh. That is God is with us. And I, I love how Michaela and, and others I would define as in the past as a hero 
and I admire them the most. They they constantly are pointing to others, you know, like they're like, no, 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 this person's work or this was. They they're so um, they're not self serving. They have no interest in selfies on Instagram whatsoever. Um, they're constantly pointing to other people, and and it reminds me of Jesus because Jesus constantly pointed to the Father. He's like, I only do what the Father asked me to do. That he he and then and then it, and then he leaves, which is like interesting, right? Like he doesn't stick around to be the hero. He he shifts the spotlight to the disciples, and that's one thing I I, I enjoy about Christianity is um, I know the names of the disciples, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Peter, I mean, you know, just there's a lot, you know, the names, I don't know the names of uh, Muhammad, his disciples. It, I don't because right, he's kind of the hero of this. And, and I would, I would um, go as far as to say like Jesus decides to shift the spotlight to disciples, to, to us. He prays for us in the garden. He even says like, you'll do even greater things than me. That you know that Jesus never once asked to be worshipped. He only asked to be followed. But to follow him means that we are continually pointing elsewhere. We're never pointing to ourselves. We're, we're not insistent upon being the hero of the story. Look how Hebrews puts it. This is cool. It says, for, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. See, that's the difference between sympathy and empathy. God didn't just like stay up in heaven and look down on us as the big, strong hero and be like, oh, man, I'll send down some blessings for them. I'll drop a helicopter worth of, of um, tracks, spiritual, <laughs> spiritual tracks about information about me. No, he didn't send a brochure. He didn't send food. He didn't helicopter drop in for a, a, a week-long mission trip. He didn't insist on a separation for, like, keep that infestation out. He didn't, like, you know, he, he didn't care about being the hero. He, he, the word became flesh. Like, you know, that's like he, and so it wasn't just sympathy. And the symbolism of sympathy and empathy. Oh, this is, I'm getting, I'm going off right now, aren't I? Uh, the difference between sympathy and empathy, as Brene Brown puts it, and sympathy is like us um, standing over a, a hole and it's seeing a person in that hole unable to get out. And we offer them a ladder to help them back up the, and we try to fix the problem, which is there's, there's um, places for that. It's not like inherently bad, but empathy is a step further. Empathy um, goes down in the hole with them. It understands that, that it's not just the hole's not the only problem in the person's life. There's other things going on. And it can only be uncovered through a lack of separation, through a, a true relationship, through an indwelling, through a real sense of empathy, through um, relationship. Not just charity, but community, where it's a mutually transformed thing. So, I guess my encouragement for us is... Um, don't stop at just sympathy. Like, because you might feel like a hero standing on top of the, out of the hole and looking down at other people in the hole, but, but it won't change you the way you want to be changed. The only way you're going to 
change is, is to get down in the hole with people, to choose empathy, to lay down our, um, our um, desire to be hero and to face our ina- inadequacies, our insufficiencies, our own weaknesses and frailties, our humanity. And it's in that recognition that, um, that we, we see, truly empathize with where the person's coming from, that we actually are transformed that we realize that God is with us in that hole. He, that that's where we most fully experience him. It's not out of the hole dropping ladders or heading over for a, a quick selfie with poverty tourism. Like it, it's, it's in the weakness. It's in the humanity. It's in the mutual transformation with another that we most fully experience who God is. It's when we eliminate the separation that we recognize how close God has become. And it, and that's the reality of who we are actually anyway, right? Like, let's not kid ourselves. We can try to become the hero. We can, I can try to... Um, to be the really compassionate one at the party, but um, but you and I know the truth that I am no hero, and neither are you. I don't have all the answers, and you don't either. So stop trying to be the hero. It's it's exhausting to be Mister Answer Man, to be Mister Fix It. Just be you. And watch how that's all this world's ever needed. Um, one of my favorite people in the world is this guy named Tony Chris, And he says, I'm not the most important character in my own story. Why would I think I'm the most important character in someone else's? There is a freedom... And a, a blessedness that comes for laying down the need to be the hero. To choose empathy over sympathy. When we are free to be ourselves, we are um, most often able to experience God. It's when we're with people that we experience a God that is with us. It's when we um, cease to be the ones that have it all that we recognize what it means to be blessed are the poor. So that's my hope for you today and for me too. Because, uh, man, it, it's crazy how much I want to be the hero. But uh, but I'm not. And I don't have to be. And uh, I am transformed far more when I stop trying. When I learn to just be with people. My f- best friend Phil is like awesome at this. <laughs> and we were talking on the phone yesterday. And uh, he's like, I was just telling him how I'm just, I'm struggling to, um, to find the right job. Cause I'm like, not, (laughs) 
I am. How did I put it? I was like, I'm not. Um, oh man, this podcast was going so good until I got extra personal, huh? Uh, I told him I uh, I'm not um, I'm not Christian enough for Christian nonprofits because I I think being gay is okay, and I <laughs> and I'm too Christian for non Christian nonprofits. <laughs> because <laughs> my resume looks like it, you know, I just have a lot of Christian, so I'm like, I just feel a little bit lost, you know, and I'm figuring it out, it's, God's got a plan, <laughs> I don't know, but, I'm, but I was telling him this, and um, and he's like, well, I got an idea, and then he like stops himself, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, man, I, I, I don't mean to try to fix your problem, I just, I know that was hard for you to share with me, and I'll just uh, I'll just listen. And I was like, "No, man, actually, I'm up for it." What do you, what do you got any ideas? Like, <laughs> and it was just like a sweet moment of like him recognizing, you know, that um, who he wants to be, and then me be like, "No, dude, I want you to fix it." Like, <laughs> and that's like I feel like the sweetest moments, you know, and when we're invited into people's problems that we we just insist on um being in their lives and they invite us into something more and that that's a good place to be but you don't ask to be the hero but you're invited in to be help i guess that's what i'm trying to say today little random i know but i hope um this is helpful episode number five hero let me leave you with this hebrews verse one more time Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Amen. Till next time.